la casa de la bomba. Today with board from La Casa Phantom. Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Very good. How are you? I'm very good. I was looking forward yeah. to to have this conversation to uh, with you today. Um, actually, La Casa Phantom is a duo. The other member is Lars, isn't he? Yes, uh, Lars Tuvere. Yes, mm -hmm. he played played drums and sing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm uh, board shelter, and I play bass guitar and and also sing. Hmm. Okay, and you're based um, very quite close to Oslo in Norway. Yeah. How, well, how, how did the project started? Uh, well, me and Lars, we we grew up pretty close to each other, uh, and when we were when we were seventeen and eighteen, we became friends through a through a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, we uh, both played music. At the moment, Lars didn't play drums. He actually played guitar. And I, I played bass. I played bass since I was 14. So we met up and we became friends. And uh, Lars really wanted to play drums. So uh, we started the project. And we started La Casa Phantom. Uh, I guess it was in 99, if I don't remember wrong. And uh, we also started with a friend. Uh, his name was Jun, and he played guitar. So we were uh, three three friends, and we just started making uh, making music. Yeah, making fast punk rock, actually. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. But, um, so you started as a power trio, and then this John uh, just quit or something. Yeah. The the thing is like we. Lars and me, maybe we, we were more like um, uh, similar uh, similar way of thinking, like ideology. While Yoon was not so, uh, we were quite into polit politics and uh, politics quite towards the left side, and Yoon was was not so uh, so into that. So um, in the beginning, we were just playing, we were having fun, mm -hmm. and then uh, mostly it was me and. Um, 
Lars writing the songs and uh, I was writing the lyrics. At that time, it was only me singing. And uh, the, the lyrics started to take a more political direction. And uh, I wrote one lyric about uh, religion. And, uh, and then Jun, uh, Jun said that he, he couldn't, uh, um, he couldn't um, how do you say it, stand, stand for the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he himself said he was uh, um, kind of uh, agnostic or, or in a way believing a bit in, in some God. So he said, sorry, but he really had a good time, but he couldn't join us anymore. So uh, so then we were like, okay, what we're gonna do? We need a need a new guitar player. So we 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 have another friend, a very very nice guy actually. Uh, his name is Kenneth, and um, he plays in has played in a lot of good bands, good punk bands from Norway. And he's a sound engineer and records a lot of bands now. He has a studio called Tinnitus, which is uh, has a very old legacy in Oslo for recording. Tons of great, great uh, punk bands, even before his time. Um, so he was joining us, and uh, it felt good. It felt great. We were uh, planning a show at uh, the at Blitz, which is the it's like a autonome center in in Oslo. It's a very old um, left wing autonome center. It actually, now it's forty two years old. Yeah, and that when we go, when we were gonna play, it was uh, it was already uh, twenty two years old, you know. No, maybe no, eighteen years old actually, eighteen years old because I was twenty. I remember. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were really looking forward to play the show, and uh, suddenly uh, Kenneth disappeared. So he was gone. It's like, oh, where is Kenneth? Where is Kenneth? And we tried to call him, never answered the phone. We asked, her, asked around all the friends, where is Kenneth? Have anyone seen him? And nobody had seen Kenneth. So uh, so we were like, shit, we really want to do this concert. You know, it's at that time it was kind of big. You know, you're you're young and wow, you're going to play in this uh, really, really known scene for hardcore and punk music. So uh, so we said, okay, what, what can we do? We just have to practice alone. And then, uh, so we did. Then Lars made uh, his first pedal. And it was called the noise, the noise maker, and it had uh, it was a very simple pedal that just was a fast box with uh, two splits, so I could uh, put uh, I could uh, put two amps, a bass guitar and a bass amp and a guitar amp, and then uh, and then uh, the same day of the concert, suddenly Kenneth came and he called us and hey hey guys, maybe we need to practice for the show, and we told him hey sorry, but uh, where were you? Mm-hmm. And uh, he had been in another town with a new girlfriend and didn't come. So um, so we did the show alone and it felt really good. Mm-hmm. And then we just decided to um, to tell Kenneth that sorry, but uh, we prefer to be, be alone. Yeah, okay. So that was in uh, year 2000. So that's basically why we say we, we started in year 2000, even though we started a bit before and we had some... We record. We we played some shows and started a bit before, but 2000 is kind of the year we count when we became a duo. Mm. Okay, but it seems that uh, this duo have uh, worked uh, perfectly since uh, you keep uh, mm. up until today doing things, touring, all kinds of uh, yeah. activities. Uh, but um, yeah. could you mm. explain to me uh, because? I don't know. I imagine you there in Norway in the forest, maybe rehearsing even in a tree house or something. (laughs) 
Can you can you explain a little bit what's the dynamics of uh, of the band? Like, um, how do you rehearse? How do you compose the songs? Well, it, over the, this time span of uh, now it's 23 years we've been playing, uh, uh, it has changed a lot. I mean, in the beginning, uh, we started practicing in the basement of uh, Lars' parents' house, actually. And then uh, Lars moved out into the to the forest in... Um, in uh it's called Eraringen in uh, in Norway it's, it's kind of uh, west no east of Oslo mm -hmm. and there there started a project a project which which still exists um, we call this place the uh, tree village tree house village <laughs> and uh, it was started there in uh, in 99 and Lars moved there and he was the first one to build a house there they they bought a piece of land really cheap i think they paid like 10000 euros they were really lucky for 4000 uh, square meters and uh, some really uh, rotten uh, cabin cabins so yeah that's where it started and and uh, we started practicing there uh, in the living room actually and um the people who lived together with Lars, they didn't. They, they were a bit like shit. You're gonna practice in the living room. That's not so cool. So we we made a, we took one of the old uh, rotten cabins and we built our own studio. And this studio we we call the ice cream ice cream uh, sh uh, ice cream shack or the ice cream because we didn't have a lot of money, so we had a lot of leftover paint and we had pink and we had uh, purple and <laughs> we painted the house uh, with stars, so it looked like a place where you could buy ice cream. So that's why we called it that. So uh, and we started practicing there, and we also made our own studio there. The, so. Uh, really early we had um, we had like an advantage we had uh, we had our own practice space we had our own uh, studio because Lars Lars is uh, knows quite well to make uh, to record sound mm -hmm. he's a very skilled uh, sound engineer and uh, so we started recording ourselves and that saved us a lot of money because we didn't have to pay for studio time yeah and then I remember also, uh, yeah, I'm getting a bit lost. So, so we, we practiced there in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I moved there and we built more houses. And in the end, uh, we, we built like, we have built uh, nine houses and five are in the trees and, uh, and uh, four are on the ground. And one on the ground is our studio and... Um, and we lived there together for quite a long time, which probably was our most active periods. And then, uh, yeah, me, I moved out 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And Lars, I think, moved out. I'm not sure either, but uh, I think also 10 years ago or mm -hmm. maybe less. So um, but this we don't live there anymore. Mm, okay. But the place is still there. And uh, now now it's a bit more complicated. Now I'm in Basque country and in Norway half the year. Yeah. And Lars is in Germany. He's close to Leipzig. He has a, his girlfriend lives there and she has a kid. So he it's not so easy for her to move. So he, he's in Leipzig and he also has a house. 
from his family close to um, close to uh, Hønefoss, which is close to Tyrifjorden, which is a bit north of Oslo. Uh -huh. So when he's in Norway and I'm in Norway, we have practicing there. The last tour I went to uh, to Germany and we actually practice in Frankfurt because we have a friend there with the practice room. So we stayed with him and we practice uh, a week and then we went on tour. So yeah, now it's a bit more complicated, but for uh, for many, many years we lived together and we made a lot of records and we toured a lot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you mm. toured a lot. I saw you several mm. times in Spain, in Madrid, yeah. in the base country. And, yeah. and now I saw you also here last year in, in Malmö in Pedaler's Kitchen. Ah, yeah, you saw us. Yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. nice. Yeah. Nice. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but um, that was nice. Yeah, it was super, super nice. Yeah, I really liked the show. But <laughs> it I, was funny. <laughs> it was. But yeah. I, your, your dynamics then, they have changed a lot now that you live uh, so apart. So do you keep yeah. posting like in the distance? Do you send each other music or drafts or things mm. like that? Or do you wait? Uh, normally we, we wait. I'm not very good in uh, recording. I don't know how to do it so well. So I don't know. So uh, at the moment, I, I make uh, make my songs, and then I bring it uh, when I meet Lars, and then we put it together, kind of. Mm -hmm. So actually, now I'm going to Norway next week, okay. and then I'm gonna meet Lars because he's in Norway by coincidence, mm -hmm. and then we're gonna put together uh, one new song that I made. Yeah. So now we work a bit like that, and it's a bit slower than before. Now it's been many years since we released the record, and yeah, the years of the pandemic too. There wasn't really, uh, it wasn't, an, it was really creative. I was like expecting, okay, so you have a lot of time, you can tour, so maybe you can make music, but it wasn't a good years for music for us. So we didn't make uh, any new music, and now it's kind of uh, coming back more and. Yeah, mm -hmm. so hopefully next year we will uh, have enough songs for a new album. Oh, nice. But where we will record it, I don't know. Maybe in Norway. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. Nice. Mm. But is, you the, mm. is it you usually who writes the lyrics? It's both. It's mm. both, yeah. Lars is like, uh, you know, he started playing guitar. So he's a very, very good uh, guitar, guitar player too. So he makes songs too. And normally we, we make, let's say in the, for example, in the last album, the, um, the Burning Eyes, I made the, the, the two songs and Lars made two songs. Yeah. But we always work, finish them together. Mm -hmm. So you, you come with an idea, you come with a sketch and then we, uh, we, we make the song together. Yeah. So, yeah, but mostly it's always been like that in a way, either we jam and it has come riffs, have come songs, or we 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 sit and play guitar each each in our own place, and we make the the songs, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. So most likely like that we will make half half. Yeah, yeah. And mm. what about the lyrics? You mentioned that um, this uh, first um, other member uh, he wasn't so comfortable about uh, talking about the politics, maybe in the lyrics. And um, before the interview, I was uh, just uh, checking uh, again some of your songs, and I saw that the one of the first, uh, no, maybe not one of the first songs, but um, there's one 
called the sacrificed animals. And um, it made me wonder if you have any visions about our relationship uh, as humans with the other animals. Um, I don't know. What What's your take on this? This is actually a cover song okay. from uh, from Gris, from a French uh, French uh, electro duo that had their, <laughs> I don't know how many years. I think because they both became 50 years old, there was like a hundred year anniversary. <laughs> they still play actually. They're like, I don't know. We played with them, with them in, on last tour in Marseille. They're really good friends, but they are like so old now. They're like almost 70. But yeah, yeah so uh, yeah. So I don't know, I guess connected to animals, maybe not so much more the harmony between uh, humans and nature, I would say more. And animals also is part of that, you know, how we, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's, in our lyric has a lot, I mean, in the beginning we were really political and I was was young and, and, and uh, very active in the, the left-wing radical scene in Oslo. I was working, Lars too, we were working at Blitz. They have a kitchen, like a vegetarian and vegan kitchen, catering every day. They had a, we made a concert, they had a booking group where we worked and a lot of demos, stuff like that. But uh, the lyrics uh, has mostly been a bit more personal. You know, the people from the north, I don't know, maybe it's the lack of the sunlight or something <laughs> that makes you have, have a shitty time. So uh, in the beginning, it was quite political, but more and more it, it was turning into more uh, like emotional level, more maybe not so uh, straightforward political, more more in a way uh, um, uh, the feelings of how you feel alienated in society and maybe maybe we lost the connection that we used to have and and also how to deal with the yeah difficult emotions that we uh, struggle with in the north like depressions and stuff like that and i feel in a way the music always has been a a good place to channel channel uh, difficult feelings you know so maybe that's that's also now these years when we we're we're doing better. That it's not so easy to write a lot of new uh, new songs because yeah, I don't know what we're gonna write about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we uh, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah can be uh, an aspect of that that uh, that we are a bit alienated from uh, from from the nature and uh, and it's important to to take that back. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, good. Mm. And what about mm. the, um, the art, uh, like the um, artwork of your um, of your editions? I I I guess that some of the artwork is uh, your partner Marine, who has done some of uh, them, uh, but also you, haven't you? Yeah, I made all the artwork. I yeah. made it. No, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Marina, Marina didn't make uh, artwork for us. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had that. We had that. Uh, well, she helped me a lot with the last. Uh, since we became together, when since we released, um, I mean, she helped me a lot with. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know to to give me tips and advice how to do stuff because she's a really good painter. But yeah, 
I don't know. I, I've been drawing always, and um, and when we started making uh, records, it was kind of okay. Lars made the sound, he mixed the sound, and then I made the artwork. So then we didn't have to ask anyone else to do it either, and it didn't feel natural either to ask other people. I mean, if you can do it yourself, I mean, makes total sense. Yeah, the d yeah. DIY part has been really something uh, something important for us, or the we always always try to to do the most ourselves mm -hmm. yeah and we have been still do i mean uh, lars uh, lars is a is electric electric engineer and he's is a is a freak of of tube amplifiers so he he built he built all our amps well actually now we have an old amp that a vintage amp that he bought and fixed that is not him who built, but the others he built, he built a lot of the distortion pedals, uh, like I, the I cabinets. The only thing he didn't build was his drums, but he was thinking about trying to build drums too. <laughs> wow. I don't know, it's a bit more complex. <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, we built our own studio when we were in the forest. Mm -hmm. uh, we bought our own van really early and yeah, we did a lot of mechanics to fix that van because, yeah, you know, old vans, they fall apart. Yeah. And stuff like that. And still we travel around in the old van of Lars. And just on the last door, we had to, to stop in a gas station and change the radiator. So stuff like that. Yeah, the the part. And we book our own tours. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about uh, your last tour. How was it? Our last tour was a bit uh, <laughs> was a was a bit of a disaster actually, um, but we had so many good ones. So this one had to happen, you know. the The, the problem on this tour, we uh, that the van we have a Lars has a really old, nice Mercedes van. It's from '86, so it's a veteran. We call it uh, the Blue Lightning. Oh. It's a very nice van. It's a very nice van, but old vans break and uh, we had a nice tour we started in frankfurt where we uh played the uh, no we started in frankfurt where we practice uh, at the house you know, at the place of a friend and then we started the the tour in uh, in germany in karlsruhe we went to switzerland uh continued to france and uh, we did barcelona and we did uh, uh valencia castellon and then after Valencia, we were supposed to go to Madrid and play, uh, which is always nice. Madrid, uh, really nice crew. It was, I don't know if you know Gonzalo. And yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 It was all these people making, you know, that was super cool, you know. And actually now in Madrid, they don't have Coco anymore. It was really sad. They got, uh, got evicted last May, one year ago. So they were going to put us up in a, in a bar. Which was going to be interesting because actually it will be the first time ever in Madrid that we play in a bar. Yeah. We always played in Coco, and before Coco, we always played in Getafe, where they I had mean, like uh, this social center. It was really really fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but just before in... Madrid, on the way out to Valencia, the the radiator broke. Uh -huh. So yeah, and we were really unlucky because you know we. We managed to get a new radiator we were quite next to a village, but the piece couldn't come the same day, so we had to cancel Madrid. And then uh, next day, 
the radiator came, but it came too late. We had to cancel Saragossa. We we're going to play in Arabato, which is also a really, really cool place. And that uh, we haven't been there since before the pandemic. So we're really looking forward to go there and see the people there. But uh, we had to cancel too. And then uh, next day we were going to Logroño in uh, Sarag- no, in, in uh, Villatruño in Logroño. Yeah. I don't know if you know that place. Yeah, Villatruño, Re- yes. It's a really funny place. <laughs> actually, now it's, uh, yeah. it's quite a lot better, actually. <laughs> it used to be. But we always had a good time in Logroño. So uh, we have really good friends there. I don't know if you know Serre. Yeah, El Serre. Uh, from Los Conejos. You see? Yeah. And, yeah. So, so we, were, we were going to... We finally fixed the car. We changed the radiator. And then we were outside of Zaragoza. And uh, Lars just was a bit checking the van because, you know... And then we heard a, had a strange sound, and then he found out something was wrong again with uh, with another part, with like a more serious. It's like a transmission. I don't know. So anyway, we had to call the insurance. We had to um, put the van in the workshop, <clears throat> and the insurance they gave us a, a small rental car, you know. But uh, we have a lot of stuff. We have we have. Three big cabinets, we have drum kit, we have four amps, we have shitload of stuff. So you're kind of known for, this... for bringing quite a huge stuff. <laughs> yeah, huge stuff. So huge stuff, huge sound. So, but uh, in the small rental car, we could only bring our the bass guitar and, and you know, the cymbals. So so sad. then we, but but we, yeah. So it was a bit sad, and then we went to Logroño, had a great time, but the sound was not so good, you know. For yeah. us, a lot is the sound, and then we went to Aibar the next day for the last show, and so yeah, the last tour was uh, was not so not so great, but still uh, good moments. I mean, uh, it's always nice to for us to travel around. Has been traveling for for so many years, so. Touring for us is, is a bit like, yeah, it's, it's really fun to play shows, but it's also really nice to see uh, really good friends that we have met on the road for a really long time. Some of the people I know, uh, some of the people who made concert for us, we know for, I don't know, 16 years, 16 years, 17 years. Yeah, there's always new people too, but uh, it's really crazy yeah, <laughs> when you think of it. But, um... Makes you feel old. Mm. Yeah, but uh, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you are planning to edit something uh, in the next uh, maybe year or something like that, will you also mm. have a plan for, for a tour? Oh, we have, we're planning a tour next October already. Yeah, oh. we always plan tours. Yeah, yeah, this touring is, is, is like, okay, this tour, we're like, okay, let's make. Actually, because in October we had another tour where we went uh, two weeks and we were playing in uh, in Germany, uh, Poland and France. Okay. And it was great. And it was 16 shows. And we came home and we were a bit like, shit, we're a bit, that was a bit hard, you know, because I'm 42 mm-hmm. on, on soon 43 and Lars is 42 too. So you notice it that, you know, and 16 shows in a row, you, you feel it. So uh, so we said, okay, let's try 11 next tour. So then we made 11 shows now in May. But now, you know, it felt a bit short. 
So in October, we are booking now uh, uh, also in France, France, Germany, Poland, Czechia, Slovakia, and and uh, Belgium. Also 17 shows. Oh, I don't know. It's, don't feel like stopping yet. I mean, we can still do it. I mean, yeah. yeah. And next year, probably we'll plan another. Normally, we make two tours in the year of about... Uh, yeah, 16 shows each. Yeah. Okay, great mm. to hear. Great to hear. Mm. Uh, but I didn't want to keep you uh, a lot more. But before yeah. we start, I wanted to ask you maybe a weird question, but I'm curious because there's yeah. not uh, so many times that I interview Norwegian bands. And um, yeah. um, I don't know if you are a little bit familiar, maybe not, but with the more like black metal Norwegian scene. I'm I'm curious about that. What do, what do you yeah. think about this kind of music? The black metal music. Yeah. Well, I I really I really like black metal. Yeah, I do. Um, I find it inspiring, and I really love it. I think they were, in a way, they were pioneers. They were in a different scene than uh, the the punks. Um, there's a really really good hardcore and uh, like punk scene in Norway too. And I think in a way they kind of influenced each other, but they were kind of different. The, the black metal scene was 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 weird in a way. They were they were really anti anti anti-social, anti-society. They were really but in a more destructive way. They were not so creative in a way. Mm-hmm. Or I mean they were creative, is not what I mean, but uh, they got extreme. They were pretty young that time too. We have to consider that too, that this person was not was between 15 and 22 they were really young when they when they were were doing all that stuff like burning churches and stuff so but the, the music i find really inspiring and and um and i like it a lot and not only black metal from norway but uh, I, I like it a lot the music there are some uh, aspects though that i sometimes find hard to swallow and that's when uh, when it comes to the political part uh for example uh the best example i guess is uh varg vikernes and his band uh, bursum yeah and bursum the music i think is is really good he made really something really beautiful original and very good but the aspect for me to know that he's uh is a he's a nazi which he is, he's, a, he's, he's been uh, giving a lot of support to the neo-Nazis in Norway. In that period too, he was, uh, yeah, it was not cool, you know. And when I listen to Bursum, it's hard for me to uh, to not think of that, you know. And uh, I don't know, I think, for example, other bands like Dark Throne, they don't have a very political... Uh, part like that although they also has have been playing with the uh, wordplay like uh true aryan black metal and stuff like that which always gives you a bit like hey <laughs> what's going on guys but actually uh fenris from from darktron has been been to several shows at blitz for example when uh, he really likes like uh, swedish uh, d-beat cross like uh, sheet system and uh, and this awesome swedish d-beat cross band so he comes to shows so yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the music and the, the hardcore and the punk and, and black metal has similar influence, influence in Norway, mm-hmm. but the political aspect is so, 
so much apart, you know. It's, uh, it's, I don't know. Right now, I don't think they are very political, the, the black, black metal scene, luckily. Although you also have, for example, you have a, a very good band, I think, called Toke. I don't know if you know Toke. No. No. no? It's from Bergen, and it's very good black metal, but also the guy has been, uh, you know, he, he, they ha he has huge problems now, because, uh, which is good, because he was uh, playing in Germany with a, with a swastika, you know, with a t-shirt with swastika. Wow. So the, the concert, his next tour in the state got cancelled. His wow. tour in Australia got cancelled. In a way, I think, yeah, I think it's good. He said it was a joke to provoke, you know, but come on. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not cool. Yeah, it's maybe not, not cool. the thing that they want to make jokes with, but uh, yeah, but I yeah. Don't know. But mm. uh, but thank you so much mm. for your time today. Yeah, welcome. Would you like to add anything else about your band or something else before we we finish? Well, my, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We keep on. We'll keep on playing till we can't and. It's yeah. a nice feeling. I, I love the DIY scene. I love to travel around and see all these uh, venues and places and and uh, this community growing and, and still being there after so many years. Places disappear, but places come back. Some band splits, but all get created. I mean, it's, it's really beautiful to see. And It's possible to do, uh, to do, you know, to play music and be be a bit outside the commercial scene. It's not necessary. I mean, we've been playing for yeah so many years now, and I think more than 700 shows in 33 countries. And you know, it's it's still uh, it's possible, yeah, and it's great to see, yeah. Mm. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Mm. I hope You're welcome, Maria. Entrado en la casa de la bomba todos los jueves de 7 a 8 en radioela.org.